The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers, I used to go as a kid, I wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe, the Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing, learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com, call 562-314-4603 for complete details. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast, now with eight episodes, or thereabouts, maybe nine, depending on uh, when news breaks, like the Jalen Ramsey trade happened, and we did an emergency podcast. You can check that, in the, check that out in the feed. Uh, I'm Will Brinson, by the way, the host of this show. Uh, coming up on Friday, we have a TNF recap show featuring uh, various people. And then uh, we also have a picks podcast that we record with RJ White and Pete Prisco. And man, we are piping hot. So you might want to check that out before you make your bets for the weekend. And before you make your bets for Thursday night, you need to listen to this show featuring my man, Jared Dubin. Dubs, what's happening, buddy? Hey, man. I am feeling pretty good after almost nailing the exact score of the Monday night football game. I was one point off for each team. I had the Packers winning by one, 24-23, and I believe, if I'm remembering correctly, it was 23-22. That's and correct. That's the, that's the first game. Unfortunately, it didn't go over, so that's how good Vegas is. So you were very good, too, but, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it was all – like, the the final score was all over the line, and uh, if you bet on Detroit, you won money. If you took Detroit money line – And look, you know, we needed some uh, some ref mayhem to make it work. There were some shenanigans involved. That it for did sure. work. And that's what matters here. Yeah, that's right. Um, unless you took the money line. Uh, <laughs> well, if you listened to me and took the Packers money line because they were going to win by one, then you did pretty well. That's true. That's true. Look, I'm not going to linger on this money line thing, although I would like to. Uh, let's dive into the Thursday night game that, that's, that's going on this evening and, uh, talk about the Broncos and Chiefs. I think it's a really good game. It's a, um, it could be, as I pointed out 7,000 times on this podcast and everywhere else, could be for first place in the division if, if again, the refs hadn't screwed over the Broncos uh, in the Bears and Jaguars games with fan of passing, you know, pass, uh, roughing the passer calls. But you know what? Just moving along. Um, where do you think we are? Would you sit Patrick Mahomes in this game? No. Okay. I would never sit Patrick Mahomes unless he was Not on a, a bye. Or... I mean, from a, I mean, from a, Andy Reid perspective. Oh, um, no. I mean, I think if they were six and zero and he was hobbled like he is, then you would think about it. But you know, they're a team that, like, like you said, they're not that far ahead in the division anymore. I think they're only a half game ahead of the Raiders. Um, they're two games back of New England. They're going to be want to be fighting for a bye. I, I wouldn't sit them if they were six and zero. Then I would consider it. 
considering the way he's looked a little bit hobbled with the ankle the past couple weeks. But I think you also got to remember, coming into the two games, he looked healthy to start, and then he re-aggravated it during each game. For sure. Um, it's entirely possible that he's, you know, healthy going in again. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Four days of the bad ankle. It doesn't seem like it'll be healthy. I'm worried about that offensive line too, but, uh, do you think that, do you think that, um, the last two weeks have given us any kind of blueprint on how to beat the Chiefs? I think it's given us a blueprint on how to beat the Chiefs when Mahomes is banged up and their two offensive linemen are out and they don't have Tyree Kill full strength and they don't have Sammy Watkins. Okay. All right. So, but is that this team right now? <laughs> uh, it's, well, it's partially this team. I think Hill is going to be back. It seemed like they wanted to ease him in last week. I would bet on him playing something closer to a full complement of snaps in this game. Um, obviously Eric Fisher is still out. Andrew Wiley is still out. Sammy Watkins is still out. Um, we don't know again if Mahomes is still going to be gimpy throughout this game. Um, so I think, you know, some of those factors are still there and some of them may or may not be. Um, I think the issue here for Denver is their corners, um, other than Chris Harris, uh, have been pretty burnable throughout this season so far. Isaac Yidem across the way has been burnable. They're still uh, without Bryce Callahan, who's been out the entire season after the injury in the preseason. Devonta Harris looks like he's going to play in the slot. I don't know that I trust those guys to play the, the you know, the, the, the tight man coverage that Indy and, um, and Houston have played the past two weeks and forcing, you know, McCole Hardman and Demarcus Robinson and Byron Pringle to beat them. And I think when you add probably Hill playing closer to the full load of snaps and then just the way, you know, I'm sure we'll get into it in a bit, the way Travis Kelsey has just absolutely dominated the Broncos mm. over the past few years. Um, I think it's a little bit more difficult for them this week than it has been, you know, two weeks ago without both Hill and Watkins. I mean, Watkins played one play and that was out the rest of the game. And then, you know, last week, Hill only playing essentially half the snaps. I think it's going to be a little bit different this week. Okay. Well, let's get into the, when the Chiefs have the football. I, I think one of the things that the, the, I mean, look, there's three things that concern me about the Chiefs offense. I mean, the Chiefs defense, and we'll get to that in a second, is a whole different ball of wax. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a whole, whole different melted ball of wax. But the, um, when Mahomes is hurt, this offense doesn't look the same. I mean, he, his last three games, the splits are crazy. Like he's averaging 95 less passing yards per game over those three games. His completion percentage drops like down to 56%. I mean, that's terrible in 2019 to have a completion percentage below 60% for an MVP caliber quarterback who's completing like 72% of his passes when he's healthy. Um, and, uh, you know, you see the yards per attempt is down like four yards per attempt. Is that a, is it strictly a byproduct of the injury and him not being able to step into throws, drive the football, et cetera, et cetera? I think it's a combination of all three of the things that I mentioned. I think it's him being banged up, and you could see, I think, in both of the last two games, he was good until re-aggravating the injury again, after which point he looked, you know, noticeably different, and his performance was markedly worse. And then, you know, second, they've had Eric Fisher out for the last, I think, now four games. Mm -hmm. Um, Andrew Wiley exited early two weeks ago. Tyreek was out for all of week five and then on a snap limit last week. And then again, you know, Watkins has been out for all but one play the last two weeks. 
And then, you know, in, in each of those last two weeks, they've basically played full on press man coverage and been like, okay, Demarcus Robinson, try to beat us deep one on one. McCole Hardman, same thing. Byron Pringle, same thing. And, you know, the combination of those three things has sort of led to a decline in performance. I think in the Lions game, I think Mahomes was, was pretty good against a very good defense. Um, yeah, Lions defense is just better than we give it credit for, maybe. Yeah. I, and then I think the last two weeks has just been the combination of the, like essentially five different injuries with Mahomes, the two linemen and the two receivers. Um, you know, the combination of that and then the, the three receivers that they, they actually have out there just not being nearly as good, obviously, as, as Tyree Kill and Sammy Watkins are not as consistent, at least. Um, again, this week, I think, I think Hill's going to be closer to full strength. I don't know that their offensive line is going to be able to hold up, but if Mahomes, is, you know, not as gimpy as he was toward the end of last week's game or in the second half of, uh, the game against Indianapolis. I think it's a much different story. It's just a question of, you know, is Mahomes going to be able to move around and, um, is Tyreek Hill going to play the full amount of snaps? Mm. Um, do you think he'll be able to move around? Yeah. I mean, I'm not I, a doctor, I, you know, like, days. yeah, no, I know it, I, it is four me, days. I'm a little, uh, well, I'd say the other thing that I'm worried about too, besides just the Mahomes injury is like, they can't run the freaking ball. I mean, I, I know that Andy Reid is a pass heavy guy and I, I mean, I get it that he's always, you know, he's always done it and that's fine. But like, I mean, they're averaging, let's see, they had, uh, 12 attempts last week against the, uh, against Houston Texans, against the Colts, a team that you should be able to run on. They had, uh, 13 attempts. If you count three Mahomes scrambles, 14 attempts, excuse me. Uh, and then the week before against the Lions, they had a, uh, a whopping, uh, 19, 25 carries if you count six Patrick Mahomes scramble. So where is the, where is the run game gone and why has it gone away? I mean, I think the offensive line contributes to this too. Sure. Um, Cam, Cam Irving is just, I mean, he's not uh, an NFL caliber left tackle. Um, and he's filling in for Eric Fisher at that spot. And then I think Andrew Wiley is one of the better run blockers on that offensive line. He's not a very good pass blocker, but he's one of the better run blockers on that offensive line. And Martinez Rankin is just, he doesn't get the push there. When you essentially eliminate the entire left side of the offensive line from being able to run block, um, it's not good. And if I were them in the same situation, like, yeah, I would rather try to trust Mahomes to make magic than, you know, have Damian Williams, who's averaging whatever it is, like two yards a carry, um, or, or even Daryl Williams, who, a couple of weeks ago against the Lions, I think he had two touchdowns, but it's not like he did a ton with his carries. Otherwise, uh, LaShawn McCoy is really the only one that has run well for them this season. And a couple of weeks ago, he fumbled and didn't really touch the ball all that much after that. Um, yeah, two weeks ago, Darrell Williams had eight carries for 13 yards and two touchdowns. It's not like he ran well in the, in that game, you know? Um, so the, the running game has not looked good. I think a lot of it is the offensive line. And if you're giving me a choice between trying to run the ball with Damian Williams and McCoy and Darrell Williams or saying, all right, Patrick Mahomes, like, no, our offensive line is not protecting you all that well, but we're going to put the game on your arm. I would put the game on his, on his arm too. Uh, I don't want to, I hate, I know that people hate these stats, so I don't want to try and be like the guy who is, um, Propping up like the established to run stats, like because it look like the the if you when you win a game you typically have more carries because you were running the ball at the end of the game. Um, yes. But I, I would think it's worth noting that since Andy Reid got to Kansas City, uh, they are zero and twelve when he has le- when his team has less than fifteen carries, and they are four and twenty one 
this is just straight up, uh, when he have, when this team has less than 20 carries. And I don't think that, I mean, like they had a big lead against the Texans. And I just think that it's a problem because you already have a bad defense. So you can't stop teams from coming back on you, but you can't run the football. So you have to rely on Patrick Mahomes dropping back 50 times a game. I mean, like, it, you know what I'm saying? Like this doesn't feel, this I think feel- the problem is less that they're not running enough than what they, than, than that when they do run, they're not able to be successful with it. So even if they build a big lead right. and they try to run it to burn clock, they can't do it. They can't do it. They're just so giving the ball back passed. right away. Right. Right. Exactly. And yeah. again, like if, if you're not able to run successfully when you have a lead, you're just going to give the ball back. And I would say, yeah, I'd rather trust Mahomes to try to get me first downs and burn the clock than let Damian Williams run for two yards a carry. Like, no, no, I'm, I'm with you. I'm, I'm, I'm with you. But it does like not having that balance gives defenses a little yeah, bit of flexibility. I don't, I don't know that it's a, it's a balance problem. It's a lack of success problem. Like, well, right, 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 right. yeah, yeah. I mean, they don't. Like the, what I mean by the balance is like they don't they can't successfully do each one right like they can success, successfully pass most of the time but when a team knows you're going to pass the ball seventy or eighty seventy percent of the time or eighty percent of the time it gives that defense an edge for sure right yeah I mean sort of slightly <laughs> yeah um, okay. it's if you're passing eighty percent of the time like they were early in the season and teams knew they were going to do that but they were doing it better than they have the last couple weeks um, then it's fine. Uh, where does this Broncos defense slot in in terms of the last three teams that the Chiefs have played? The Lions, the uh, Colts, and the Texans. Is it better or worse than yeah, – I mean, uh, the Lions, I think, are pretty clearly the best defense out of that bunch. Um, some of it depends on, like, is Denver's pressure rate from the first two weeks more real than it is in the last four weeks? Like, in each of the first two games, they got five pressures on 27 dropbacks. That's 18.5%, which would be the lowest in the league, like, ever. Um, it's like wow. a joke. It's worse than the Falcons, who were, I mean, me and you would be more likely to get pressure than the Falcons. Um, yeah. But the last four weeks, it's been up at 38.9% for the Broncos. And mm. the, the interesting part about that to me is, you know, they haven't been working with Bradley Chubb for the last couple of weeks. Right. You would, you would think, you think they'll be Chubb able to. leaves and the, the pressure percentage goes down. Right. Um, you would think they'll be able to get a decent amount of pressure again because of the offensive line issues on the left side for uh, for the Chiefs. Um, but Von Miller mostly rushes off the left. That means he's going to go up against Mitchell Schwartz, who is either the best or second best right tackle in the league. It's like him and Ryan Ramchek. Or I mean, you could throw Lane Johnson into that mix too. Um, those are probably the top three guys on the right side. Um, so it's I mean it's uh, it's going to be up to the guys on the other side to uh, to get pressure off that that left side of the Chiefs offensive line. And I think if Mahomes can move around, it's not quite as damaging if you're getting pressure on, you know, 30, 35% of dropbacks as they have been over the past couple weeks. You know, early in the season, it was down at like 22% in the first few weeks of the year before those guys got hurt. Uh, but the, the difference of 8, 10% or so isn't that big of a deal if Mahomes could be himself. If he can't, like he hasn't been these last couple weeks after the re-aggravating that ankle injury, that's when it becomes much more of an issue. Hmm. Um, all right. Uh, what concerns you? What would you, is there anybody you wouldn't start on Casey's offense in a, from a fantasy perspective? I probably would not feel all that comfortable. Sammy Watkins? Yeah, Sammy, well, Sammy Watkins is not playing in this case. Yeah, Sammy's not playing. Um, I wouldn't feel comfortable really starting any of the non Terry Kill receivers. Sure. Um, we just don't know what the rotation is going to be. They've basically used 
McCall Hardman as Tyreek Hill's direct backup. They've used Byron Pringle as Sammy Watkins' direct backup. Like the only one I think you can guarantee is going to play, uh, you know, a, a full complement of snaps is Demarcus Robinson. Right. But you know, you look last week, he caught zero of the four targets that he had, and um, I would imagine they're going to try to focus the pass offense on. Terry Kill and Travis Kelsey and probably Damian Williams, who's been, you know, their pass catching back out of the backfield. And uh, I think especially in this game, like I would bet a lot of money if I still bet on Travis Kelsey having a big game. Mm. <laughs> Travis Kelsey's over under for. Oh, my God. Well, uh, what do you think the over under for catches is on Travis Kelsey? I just looked at it. I'm going to say it's like seven, six and a half. Very good. Guess. OK, is that even uh, a rundown? Well, Not even uh, a rundown. Good work. I didn't even get set the rundown anyway. No. <laughs> or maybe it's still that thing where Debo's emails for some reason are going to a different folder for me. Debo's really good about sending the rundown, so I would guess that he sent it, but it's possible he didn't. Um, um, either way, but I we're, we're going to pretend that he did. He sent it to you. It's your email's fault. It's your the the over under for Kelsey. Uh, the reason I figured it's that high. If you look at his last few games against Denver, six catches, seventy nine yards, and a touchdown. Seven catches, seventy eight yards, and a touchdown. Seven catches, one hundred thirty three yards, and a touchdown. Eleven catches, one hundred sixty yards, and a touchdown. And eight catches, one hundred and one yards. That's an average line of eight catches for 110 yards and a touchdown in the last five games against Denver. And their linebackers and safeties are not as good this year as they have been in the past few. So I, I think he's going to have a nice game again. He's, he's also, um, Heath Cummings pointed this out and I didn't even realize it. Like he's on pace for a pretty big season in terms of yardage, like 1,324 yards. And he's on pace for like, Three touchdowns. So he's due. I mean, he's he's getting peppered with targets. It's not like they're not throwing to him. And he's. I think his catch percentage is down a little bit. Like, but like three percent. Nothing crazy. Um. So he's kind of due for some touchdown regression. So I, I would think that Travis Kelsey would be a good guy to uh to look at playing. And he, I think I'm pretty sure. I was looking at this the other day. I'm pretty sure he's averaging a career high in yards per catch too. So. Oh. Is that right? I would say the touchdowns I, I are probably on their way. Page open, so I will tell you that. Uh, yards per, 10.1 yards per target, 15.5 yards per reception, way higher than his career average of 9.1 and 13, uh, respectively. Okay, let's, uh, we'll come back to some over-unders on, on props after this. Let's take a quick break and then when we come back, we'll talk about what to do, what, what will happen when the Broncos have the ball. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. All right. Denver Broncos, my sweet Denver Broncos, should be four and two. Have I pointed that out at all this year um, or this week? <laughs> the um, Dubin, I, I 
in, in this question is had Joe, the question written in the rundown, and I agree with it. Has Joe Flacco been that bad? Really? Cause I don't think he's been that bad. I think he's been kind of good and no one wants to, no one wants to talk about how good or not how good, but how like not terrible Joe Flacco has been. It's all just internet jokes about Joe Flacco sucking, but he's actually been okay, right? Eh. I don't think he's been that good. <laughs> I mean, you look at it, he's got six touchdowns and five picks in six games. I mean, his completion percentage is up a little bit. His yards per attempt are finally uh, back from the, the doldrums of where they've been uh, for for a few years all the way down there. Um, I think he's been okay, Like, and that's as, as far as I would feel going. I think his receivers are, are just good. Cortland Sutton is just a good player. He's better, essentially, at everything this year than he was last year. I think Manny Sanders has been, you know, be- certainly better than I expected him to be, coming off one of the worst injuries you could suffer as a skill position player. Um, I do think that the the Denver offense people are, I think, overrating how good it's been because they've had two fantasy viable running backs and a breakout receiver, but they're 25th in yards per game, 26th in points per game, 20th in in football outsiders, offensive DVOA, and their two wins, they've scored 36 combined points. Like, does that sound like a good offense to you? No, it does not. Yeah. Um, like, I, like, I, like, um, they're ahead of the Panthers in offensive DVOA. That, that doesn't pass the eye test, smell test, whatever test. Yeah. I mean, well, I think other than the one game where Kyle Allen destroyed, who was it? The Panthers? I don't think that the offense Cardinals. has been. Yeah. Or, right, the Cardinals. That offense hasn't been that great in the other, what was, what is it, three games that first he started? Slander, first you slander Joe Flacco, then you slander Kyle Allen. What are you trying to get booted from this podcast for life? Uh, <laughs> as a lawyer, I think I feel qualified to tell you that for something to be slander, it has to be false. Mm. And, and neither of the two things I said were false. All right. Uh, first you, uh, hmm, what can I, disparage, disparage, defame. First you defame Joe Flacco. And then you defame Kyle Allen, who has no fame in the first place. No, I mean, look. Um, Defamation has to be damaging to your reputation. And uh, I don't think I damaged Joe Flacco's reputation by saying he's been okay. <laughs> That's probably true. That's probably true. You enhanced Joe Flacco's reputation. Um, <laughs> but the, they've actually run the ball fairly well. Can we give him that? Can we give yes, him that? Yes, absolutely. Philip okay. Lindsay and Royce Freeman have both been quite good. Um, and I, I, again, I think that's why people think that the offense has been pretty successful for them so far. It's because those two guys have both been good. They're running the ball really well. Um, but granted, you know, running the ball really well is not how you have a good offense in 2019. Uh, I, I do think it's probably how you beat the Chiefs. And, uh, I think you saw that with the Colts, especially two weeks ago. They won the time of possession battle 37-15 to 22-45. They gave the ball to Marlon Mack and Jordan Wilkins 36 times for 160 yards. Mm. I, I think that the Lindsay and Freeman duo is capable of the same type of production, especially with Chris Jones out. But I think you do have to be careful about that because if you try to go that route and you're not exactly that successful or better, you're going to lose this game pretty quickly. Yeah. You have to run the, like they're going to have to run the ball and it's going to be weird because like to me, you look at this game and there's two ways that this game goes like, and I always think about this for like lineup construction for like for DFS purposes on standalone games. Like you need to be able to, like think about the game script in your head. If the Chiefs come out blazing on offense and light the light up the Broncos, and then they have to go into Joe Flacco is is running this offense territory, and they and they abandon the run, they will get blown out of the water in this game. 
Um, but also, yeah. like, if they try to, you know, quote unquote, establish the establish. run right away, yeah, yeah, and they they punt the ball after three plays or six plays or whatever it is, for sure, that's not good either. It's not just the secret is not running the ball; it's running the ball extremely successfully and getting like five, six yards to carry, like the the Colts did a few weeks ago. Um, and, and putting be, yourself I in, be, I think it would be interesting if they came out and just passed the ball out of the like. Yeah, I would come out and throw play action on the first two plays of the game. I agree completely. Throw go go up top to Cortland Sutton and test that defense. And if you do that once and you get, I mean, any kind of chunk play, like anything above twenty yards, you're going to put that defense in such a bad position because they won't be able to creep into the box and try to stuff the run. And then you should be able to run all day on them if you do that. Um, would you? Are you playing Royce Freeman in fantasy? Yeah, I would play both of those guys. Would you play Royce Freeman or Jamal Williams for the Packers? I think they're basically in the exact same sure. situation. Yeah, for sure. And yeah. one has the worst defense that they're facing. That's Royce Freeman. Would you play yeah. Royce Freeman or Frank Gore? <sighs> Testing I'm your confu- um, Yeah, I mean, I'm confused about um, who is actually going to touch the ball more for Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Like, I think they clearly want Frank Gore to still be pretty heavily involved. Um, but, I mean, again, all three of the defenses that they're playing – are teams that have allowed like more than one, like a hundred yard rusher per week. Like they, they let multiple guys uh, get get to a hundred. I think I would feel very comfortable with all three of those guys in my okay. lineup. I mean, it's, it's like yeah, this by RB one. That's how bad my team. Right, like all all <laughs> six running backs from the Broncos, Packers, and Bills are guys that I would want in my lineup. This right, week. they're going to be players who could get. Um, do you I think, think that- especially Royce Freeman? Like he somehow has 87 touches without a touchdown so far this season. And he's been efficient with his touches. Um, I mean, the issue there is that Lindsay seems like the guy in the red zone and near the goal line, but you would think eventually that Freeman could break something like a 12, 13 yard touchdown or a long touchdown or something like that. Like he's going to get in the end zone eventually. I think this is as good a week as any to bet on him doing it. And by the way, over his last five games, Freeman has 20 receptions on 25 targets. Uh, no, just only seven yards a target, but he's uh, seven yards a uh, catch, excuse me, but he's, he's catching 80% of his passes and being efficient with him. They've, you've sort of seen him, and that could be something too for this game. Like you've sort of seen him getting away from Philip Lindsay more in the passing game as a running back. So, I mean, if Kansas City gets a lead and Flacco's dumping off or something like that, or they want to be, you know, aggressive in the, in the, in the, in the passing game in terms of using running backs against Kansas city, which is not a, th- a thing that works pretty well, actually um, Duke Johnson had success last week. Then maybe Royce Freeman is the guy who gets uh, has ends up having a bunch of catches in this game. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think that the, the good thing about both of their running backs is they're both essentially three down backs and they just use them in an even split. Like it's not like you have to take one guy off the field. If you want to run or take one guy off the field, if you want to throw, they're both very capable in both phases of the game. And I think that that's why, they've been able to each find success. It's not like a, uh, you know, Sony Michelle, James White situation where you put Sony Michelle on the field, you know, if he's getting the ball, it's coming on a run. And if right. you put James White on the field, you know, he's getting the ball. It's coming on a pass. They're both more like, you know, Rex Burkhead types where they could do each of them effectively or equally effectively as each other. And I think that that's a reason they've been able to find success. Um, is there anything redeeming about the Kansas city defense? Nope. Nothing. Or Tyron Matthew. Oh yeah, Honey Badger's playing pretty well, but it's yeah. hard. To, it's uh, it's and, hard and to Chris utilize him before he was hurt. Yeah, was playing yeah, yeah. very well. Yeah. Uh, you know the the least redeeming thing has been Frank Clark, like mm. 
they they traded a bunch for him and they handed him a huge contract and D Ford has just been significantly better than him. Uh great job, guys. Yeah, D Ford's working with a little bit better people around him on the offensive on the defensive line, but you're right. I mean like of the guys who you thought might mail it check out once they got paid, uh Frank Clark is not working out very well for them. Yeah. I mean, there's no reason to think this yeah, defense will also, get better. Also, like, speak. if you're going to trade for a guy like, I mean, D Ford, or sorry, Frank Clark was accused of doing some pretty terrible things, uh, and I believe admitted to doing some pretty terrible things mm. when he was in college. Um, might as well have just kept the guy who didn't do that, who was also more productive. I think you are correct there. Uh, okay, let's get to some over-unders and a pick. Patrick Mahomes. Over under 309 passing yards. I'm going to go over. I think that, uh, their, their run game is just not going to be successful again. And, uh, for them to find success on offense, it's going to have to be Mahomes. And I don't feel comfortable betting against Mahomes. And you look 309. I mean, he's hit that in five out of six games so far. So. Mm-hmm. I'm actually, and I see it too. It might have creeped up to like 312. I'm not questioning the, the prop that we had out there. You see different numbers of these props. Those markets are Even a little. Even that, he's hit in five out of six games. And right. The, right. And not by, you know, in the first three games, he hit it by a whole lot. Also, it's, you know, like we talked about the, um, like the game script and all that. It's kind of hard to see a script where he doesn't get there. Because right. his season low in pass attempts is 33. Like, right. They're not going to run the ball. So I'm not sure. You know what I mean? Like they're not going to run the ball effectively, even if they have a good lead. And if they're losing, they're going to have to pass to catch up. So yeah. I, and, I don't. And look, his worst passing yards game of the season is 273 last week. Like, do you really think Pat Mahomes can't throw up with 30 more yards than that? Yeah. I mean, the only, the only thing I'd be worried about, well, I guess the only two things I'd be worried about is, if he got hurt again and they had to be like, listen, this is getting dangerous and let's like, we're down 14 points. He got hurt. Let's pull him out. Or I, I mean, I, or, or they're up big and they're like, Hey, we're, we're going to let, uh, who's their backup? Is it Matt Castle? Who's their backup? Matt Moore. Matt Moore. They're like, yeah, that's it. Yeah. They're like, we're going to let Matt Moore hand the ball off late to LaShawn McCoy and just try and grind this game out and, and hope, hope that the Broncos can't come back. Um, or that, you know, Denver gets a, 21-7 lead somehow, which I mean, not infeasible, uh, and then just proceeds to melt the clock. I mean, Carlos Hyde had 26 carries for 116 yards and a touchdown last week against them. I mean, like that's how. Yeah. I mean, and, look, and, even when they lost the time of possession battle, 37 to 22, a couple of weeks ago, he threw for 315 yards. Uh, if they have the ball for more than 20 minutes, I would say he probably hits that over there. Okay. All right. What about Joe Flacco? 246 and a half passing yards. Uh, I'm going to say under, I think that they're going to try to run the ball a bunch. And when you can, I think you can run the ball very successfully against the chiefs. So I'm going to say that it's going to be mostly the run game for them. Uh, Philip Lindsay over under my goodness. That's high over under 70 and a half rushing yards. Um, I mean, he's, I would say slight under, I think, I think you're looking at like, uh, you know, 65 for each of them kind of game. Okay. Yeah. I've seen that. I've seen that also drop down to like, uh, 68 and a half. So, I mean, like it's somewhere in the range, like the, and these props are, these props are, are tricky here. Like, I mean, they move, they move quickly yeah. and you have to like, be, I would say be betting cognizant. on either one of them to go over 70 is Royce, um, Royce Freeman's rushing yards, uh, total is 51 and a half. 
Yeah, I mean, I would say it's likely that one of the two of them goes over 70. I just don't know which one it's going to be. Mm-hmm. So I would say I would take the under for each of them. But if you said one of two, I would say yes. Uh, Royce Freeman, by the way, has uh, his over-under for receptions is actually lower than Philip Lindsay's. Oh, no, they're both three now. I would take the over on Royce Freeman, given the way he's been targeted. I like that prop, uh, the over-receptions for Royce Freeman. Yeah, that seems uh, pretty good. LaShawn McCoy, over under combined 54 and a half rushing and receiving yards. I think you have to go under. I, I just don't think you can bet the over on any of the running backs. You don't know how they're going to be utilized. Yeah. Two weeks ago, Damian Williams played more than 50% of the snaps. And I think McCoy and Daryl Williams had like a combined three touches. Uh, then last week it was McCoy with nine touches or whatever it was. And Damian Williams with two and Daryl Williams with two. Like, I don't know how you could go over on any of those guys. I'm with you. Um, and, uh, Tyreek Hill over under 75 and a half receiving yards. Woo, that's a lot. See, he's uh, shadowed by Chris Harris, right? I mean, yeah, like, I would, I would assume he's going to be shadowed by Chris Harris. I mean, Harris has been sh- essentially strictly a shadow guy this year. The last few years, so I had this stat that for some reason I did not mention earlier. This year, Chris Harris has played 18 snaps in the slot. Last year, that's really it was. Fun. 291, the year before 325, the year before 365, and the year before 335. Basically, the only time he's gone down into the slot this year is when he shadowed Keenan Allen there for 11 snaps Ooh. two weeks ago. Um, other than that, it's been seven snaps in the other five games. I would think, you know, Tyreek is in the, in the slot. Like 70% a bit more. of the time, right? Um, Maybe not yeah, that I don't, much. I don't know if it's that high, but, um, Sammy Watkins was in the slot like 70% of the time uh, right. when, when Tyreek was out. Uh, but Tyreek has also only played like 40 snaps this year. I don't know how much you can, uh, can take from that, but I do think that you're going to see Chris Harris follow him pretty much wherever he goes. Um, that said, he only needs one play to get to 70 yards. Um, I, I think I might go over. I just think that they're, they're going to find a way to have success passing the ball. And if they do, he's going to have to be a big part of it. Okay. Uh, and finally, your pick. Um, yeah. So I actually I, heard about this. You are heard, I, heard, found about the spread. Okay. I found out about the spread because I was listening to, I can't remember what podcast it was, and they were talking about how they didn't understand how the spread was so low. And I was like, yeah, I agree. Like, how are the Chiefs only favored by three and a half in this game? I just don't think the Broncos are very good. Um, it's going to be two and a half by kickoff. Yeah. Uh, I have the Chiefs 29-20. Wow. 40, well, you nailed the over-under. It's 49. Is it really? Yeah. Uh, the Chiefs t- uh, team total is 26 and a half. Broncos team total 23. Okay. I mean, so I was pretty close on those two. I mean, I don't particular like, I don't, I don't get how people expect the Chiefs to score less than like. They had never done it for two weeks ago with Mahomes under center. And yeah. It's, you know, Adam Azer keeps saying that too. He's like, like he was like, they, he's like, they've never done it. Like, it's like they scored 13 points. They've never done that before. They never scored less than 25. And then I was like, well, and that came back this week. I was like, hey, buddy, uh, they did it again. He's like, well, it's 24. It's basically 25. It's like, no, it's still under 25. Like, yeah. like, so, I mean, it's, is it possible the Chiefs score less than 25 points? Yeah. Yes. Is it likely? Probably not. But the Broncos defense is better than people think. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, I think it probably is, but it's not as good. I don't think as. The last two weeks have shown us like they were playing. What was it? The Chargers offense with like 17 guys out 
yeah. two weeks ago, and then last week it was the Titans. Uh, I feel pretty comfortable saying that neither of those teams is as good as the Chiefs on offense. That's fair. That's fair. All right, so 29-20. Dubin likes the Chiefs with uh, laying the points on the road in a divisional game on a short week with an injured quarterback, but no big deal. Um, I am taking the Broncos plus the points. I think the Broncos- oh, I'm shocked that you're taking the Broncos. <laughs> I think the Broncos will win outright, and um, I like the under a lot in this game as well. Um, I, 49. I'd like it. I like. It, I got it at 50 when it first came out. So I, I don't know about 49. I think it would be. I think it'll be very close. But I think that you'll see. Um, I think you'll see, see an inspired performance from Denver. And then I can't wait till tonight when I can look stupid. Uh, in the meantime, make sure and join our Facebook group. I'll be jumping over there uh, at some point Thursday before kickoff to answer all questions about the weekend. And we will have picks podcast TNF recap coming up tomorrow. Dubs, you're the man as always. Thanks, buddy. Thanks for having me. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.